David. Nice to see you all. Those on the balcony, Dave said they're on the balcony and spaced out. Don't know what they're taking, but... <laughs> God, he reigns. We've just been singing and declaring that. Does anybody here don't believe that? God, he reigns. Does anybody who doesn't believe that? See, my subject this morning is, is the sovereignty of God. It's about God reigning. And we all believe that, do we? Well, we've had a great morning. God bless you. <laughs> Go home now. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going. Um, it's good to be together, isn't it? This is me just settling down, getting ready to speak. I'm just sorting myself out, really. It's like when you go to your job of work, you don't sort of walk in, sit down and start working immediately. You sort of settle into it a bit, don't you? Hello? This is me just settling into it, looking where people are sat, where the hostile people are, where the smiley people are. I've learned always to speak to the smiley people. If we could find some smiley people, it'd be great. Dave mentioned Kerry having been with us a few weeks ago, Kerry being the apostolic oversight to this church, dear friend of ours. And when he was here, he'd mentioned uh, some anchors that he said were vitally important for the people of God to have firmly established in their life. And we felt that was so right, so important, and so over the last few weeks, we've been talking about those anchors. Uh, Harry did, God is good. God is good. Can we just say God is good? God is good. God is good is not a cliche. Pardon? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Came out, didn't name itself. <laughs> God, God is good is not just a little pat phrase of a cliche that we run off. But God is good, good is a statement of fact. Our God is a good God. The devil is a bad devil and God is a good God. Do we agree? Well, how we spoke on that, unpacked that. And then the following week, David, my dear brother here, said, talked about God being all-powerful. God is all-powerful, omnipotent, as the theologians would say. He is all-powerful. It's a wonderful thing to know that our God is all-powerful because that means that no matter what's taking place in your life, no matter what's happening, our God has the power to deal with it. See, if you know that our God is a good God and you know that our God is a powerful God, man, you've got it made already, haven't we? Say yes, Jeff. Out loud. <laughs> Out loud, yes, okay. And then Dave, last week, I, didn't, I wasn't here, but I saw the video. Dave, last week, spoke about God being love. God is love. Not just God loves, but God himself is love. He is a personification of love. God is love. But God is good, God is powerful, and God is love. The psalmist writes, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. And his love endures forever. That's our God. God the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. I don't need to go over again all the wonderful things that these people have spoken about. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen, go online to our website or our YouTube channel. And you can watch that again. In fact, even if you did see it, watch it again. 
because it's good to have things repeated so that they become firmly established in our lives. It's vitally important those anchors are in place because the nature of life is that trouble comes our way. Has anybody noticed that? Has anybody not noticed that? I need to talk to you. You need to pray for me. If you've lived in a life with no difficulty or problem, you need to minister to me, please, because that's not my experience. That's why the uh, hymn writer of all those years ago wrote that wonderful old hymn. I love some of the old hymns. I think as you get older, John, do you find this? I th <laughs> what? <laughs> I think as you get older, you, you, you remember those old hymns more and more. And you value them, maybe. But the old hymn writer said, We have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move. Grounded, grounded firm and deep. <sighs> that was pathetic. <laughs> Founded, ground, <laughs> grounded firm and deep. It's not just I have an anchor, but my anchor is in a person, and the person is my Savior, Jesus. He is a rock. My anchor, you know, you can drop an anchor and it goes in the sand and it doesn't hold, but my anchors go down into a rock, and the rock is God. The rock is Jesus. And so I don't drift when the billows roll. Anchors are there for when. The anchors are not really there for when everything's nice, plain sailing. When the sea has no waves, when everything's placid and quiet, that's not what, when the anchors are there for. The anchors are there so that when the storm comes, and they do, and the billows roll, and they do. Anyway. In those times, in those times, we have some, something. That's why these anchors that we believe and know deep down inside ourselves that God is good and God is powerful and God is love. This week, it's my task to cover two subjects, not just one. <laughs> Thanks very much indeed for that. And that is that God is all-knowing, or in theological terms, God is omniscient. God is all-knowing. And secondly, I'm to speak on the subject is God is sovereign. That is, that God rules and God reigns over the whole universe, over everything created, and that nothing happens without his permission. Nothing happens without his permission. Now, of course, in the time we have available this morning, we can do nothing more than just scratch the surface of this particular. In fact, we're only going to scratch the surface of the surface of this. Libraries could be filled with books written on these two subjects, these two themes. But God is all-knowing and God is sovereign. These two things, to me, seem like they are inseparable things. Because in order for God to rule and to reign over everything, God first must have complete knowledge of everything. Okay? In order for God to rule over everything, he needs to have complete knowledge of everything. So the things are inseparable. There is nothing that exists in the entire universe, in all the cosmos, that God does not have complete knowledge of. 
everything. Now, theoretically, we, we, we kind of know that, don't we? Yes, Jeff, we do. But everything, you know, the, the psalmist writes Psalm 147, he numbers every star and calls them by name. So when God spoke the heavens into being, he knows exactly what number of stars there are in the heavens. I heard somebody who was very clever explain to me, it might have been Karen, or maybe not, but it might have been, that, that there are more stars in the heaven than there are grains of sand on every seashore in the whole world. That is staggering. If you go to the beach and you pick up a handful of sand and let those grains of sand just trickle through your fingers, and you, that, that's immense number just in a handful. Have you been to Southport Beach? I mean, that's a lot of... A lot of handfuls just on Southport Beach. And you multiply that by every beach, every seashore in the whole wide world. You count all that sand. I don't know how deep you have to go. Pretty deep. And there's more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on the seashore. That's staggering. Are you staggered? Go, oh, we're staggered. And yet God numbers them, and he knows them all by name, calls them all by name. I, I wouldn't know that many names. You know, after Fred and Tom and Arthur, I, I'm, I'm going to start running. God has a name for every one of them and knows them. That's the macro, but down to the micro level. You know, when a sparrow falls, from the, falls, God knows. Every hair on your head is numbered by God. No cheap jokes people's expense at this moment. But every... Don't smile at me, Paul. <laughs> can, you just, can you just move your head a little bit? It's lights reflecting. <laughs> a sparrow can't fall without God knowing. He knows you so intimately that he numbers the very hairs on your head. It's phenomenal. And down to you personally. Let's take it down to you as a person. Psalm 139 is a great psalm about you personally and about God knowing you. He says these words, Oh Lord, you know everything about me. God knows everything about you. You know when I sit down and you know when I stand up. You know my thoughts. You are looking at me right now and God knows what you're thinking. Yes, he does. And now he still knows what you're thinking. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and you see me when I rest at home. You know everything I do. Hello. He knows Everything you do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. My word. Going on to verse 15, it says this. You watched me as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. 
before you were even born, God knew every day, every minute, every second of your life. He knew your every thought and every word. We've got a big, big God. Every moment of every day of your life, from your conception to the grave, God knows. This is a God that we know and love. Nothing is hidden from him, no past, no present, no future. Every day of our lives is known to this omniscient, all-knowing God. He knows it all. God is not confined by time and space. God in the beginning created a time-space environment in which you and I could live. But he's not contained in that or, or, or restrained by that. Time and space do not limit him. Do not, they don't hold him. He is alpha and he is omega. He is the beginning and the, he is the end. He is the first and he is the last. Simultaneously. Simultaneously. Alpha and omega. It's not... God sees in the panoramic, not in the micro. God does not look at the zoom lens like you and I and just see this. God can see the whole span of history at a glance because nothing is hidden from him. His name is I Am. When Moses said, who should I say send, send me? God said, tell them I Am sent you. The name is God. When Jesus came walking on the water and they thought it was a ghost, he said, don't be afraid. It is, I am. I am. Not I was, not I will be, but I am. For God lives in the permanent now. He's a big God. Therefore, let me just encourage you by this. He knows you inside out. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows your situation. He knows your needs. He knows your victories and he knows your failures. He knows your joys and he knows your sorrows. He knows every struggle, every battle you go through. He knows every temptation that grips a hold of you. He knows everything about you. He knows every heartbreak. He knows every tear you've ever shed. In fact, he says he has kept your tears in a bottle. That's Psalm 56. He has kept your tears. That's the God that we serve. Nothing is hidden from him. He is not some absent landlord who has relinquished control of the cosmos and is unaware of the state of the world. God is all-knowing, and he knows you inside out. He knows those who are his and those who are not yet his. He knows those who will become him his and he knows those who will not become his. My prayer this morning for this congregation of people and those watching at home is this, that you will be one who says, I know him, I've received him, he's my Lord, he's my God, he's my saviour. God is all-knowing and God is sovereign. The sovereignty of God means that he is a supreme authority 
over all things. Everything belongs to him. And everything is under his control. Let me say that again. Everything belongs to him and everything is under his control. Does that mean I don't have free will? Yes, I do have free will. I can make choices. I can choose myself and do choose myself to obey God and sometimes even not to have obeyed God. We've all done that, haven't we? Don't look at me so holy. You know what I'm talking about. But God knew the choices that we were making before we made the choices. Doesn't mean to say that God approved of the choice. We sang, oh, sorry, we didn't sing. Ali introduced us before uh, at the beginning of the meeting by quoting uh, Revelation. Where's she gone? I've lost her. Revelation. Ali, where are you? Oh, there. Revelation chapter 4. Thank you. Uh, and it gave us a little glimpse into heaven about seeing God and seeing the throne of God and how amazing it was. And it was so amazing that it was almost too hard to express. And so you, you start work, using words like, it, it was like this or it was like that, but God is bigger than all of those things. But it goes on later on in that same chapter to talk about the 24 elders who surround the throne of God and how they kept falling over and, and bowing before him and casting their crowns at his feet and declaring with loud voices, you are worthy, O Lord God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and for your pleasure they were created. Do you know why God did it all? Because it pleased him. Do you know why God created you? Because it pleased him. And do you know why he pleased, you know? And you know it says in the book of Ephesians that, that when you came to Christ, it gave God great pleasure. This gave God, when you came to Christ, it says it gave him great pleasure. God created all things. All things. God is the creator of all things and is the owner and possessor of the heavens and the earth. When you create something, you are the owner of that thing that you create. Say yes, Jim. The artist at the easel, the potter at the wheel, the carpenter at the workbench creates something and they are the owner. They, are, they, they have authority over that thing that they've created. They have the authority to keep it or to destroy it. It's theirs. They created it. And as a creator of heaven and earth, God has the absolute right and authority to do or allow whatever he desires. desires. That's the sovereignty of God. God can do whatever God chooses to do. Do we agree? I, please don't think that's a bad thing. That's a great thing. Don't go, oh yeah, he can. Yeah. You know, yes, he can. God can do whatever he can do. And we know that's going to be good. Psalm 24 says that the earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. The world and all the people belong to him. If you're here this morning and you know Jesus, you belong to him. And if you're here this morning and you don't belong to Jesus, you belong, sorry, you don't know Jesus, you still belong to God. Because the earth is the, and the, earth is the Lord and the fullness of all, and all the people in there belong to him. 
God is in control. And with this in mind, we can be assured that nothing is going to touch our lives without God's permission. Even the bad stuff. Even the bad stuff. Ultimately, nothing can touch you. Nothing takes place without God's permission. I'm not saying that God sent it. I'm not saying God desired it. But because he's the ultimate authority, God permits it. That's the sovereignty of God. Isaiah 55, 8 says, God speaking, God says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. His ways are not like our ways. He's beyond anything we can imagine. And, and things take place and things happen. Bad theology is often created by people trying to explain something they don't understand. Bad theology is created by people trying to explain stuff that they don't understand. So something bad happens and they think, oh my, well, 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 well what? Why did God let this happen? What's it? And so they, they manipulate all kinds of Bible verses and scriptures try to try to explain away why God did something or God allowed something. It's a birthplace often of bad theology. Folks, we need to be able to say this, God, I don't understand. On John's front wall at his house, he has a, a plaque, a plaque. It's a plaque. Being a northerner, it's a plaque. God says it's a plaque. <laughs> he has a plaque. I kind of like that word. He has a plaque. And the plaque, the plaque says, God, I don't understand you, but I do trust you. The sovereignty of God. I don't understand a lot of things that take place. I really, really don't. When bad things happen to good people, why all those tragedies I see pouring out of my TV set night after night. I, 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 God, what is going on? This is awful. Does anybody else feel that? God, what is going on? Well, I don't see the wider panoramic picture as God does. I just see the close-up. And in seeing that, weep. See, that's why... These anchors of God is good, God is powerful, God is love, God knows, God is sovereign are so important because when those things start coming to you, you need to have an anchor that says, God, I don't understand, but I know you're good and I know you're powerful and I know you love. Jesus said, on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Jesus said that. Trials and sorrows are not something unusual in life. They are part of what it means to be human in a fallen world. And that's what we are, humans in a fallen, fallen world. And rather dwelling on that which I do not understand, it's important that I think on those things that I know to be true. 
when all these negative things assail me, I need to go back to my anchors. And let me tell you what I do know to be true. I do know that sometimes God allows what he hates in order to accomplish what he loves. Sometimes God allows what he hates in order to accomplish what he loves. And I do know that God is good. And I do know that God is powerful. I do know he is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that I could ask or think. I do know that God loves me. I do know that God loves me. I do know that God loves me. Man, that's so important to me. I do know God loves me. There's times I think, God, thank you that I know that you love me. I do know that God knows about my situation because there's nothing that God does not know about. He knows my situation. And I do know that God knows better than me because nothing is hidden from him. That's why these anchors are so important to us because when the furious storm comes and puts your life and rocks our lives, we need to know deep down in our knowers that God is good. And God is powerful, and God is love, and God knows what we're going through. Because if you don't, you'll be tossed around on the waves of life. We need to be those folks who believe our beliefs and doubt our doubts. Too many Christians believe their doubts and doubt their beliefs. We need to believe our beliefs and doubt our doubts. And when stuff comes along and says, God, I don't understand that. And God says, I do. Just trust me. I do know. I know, as the Apostle Paul says, I know as he faces death in a prison, I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able. That's the bottom line for us, folks. And I do know this, Romans 8, 28, that God causes everything. Keith, all, not all. God, God, God causes everything, all things, to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That does not mean I can live life any way I like and God will come and sort out the messes I make in my life. It doesn't mean that. This passage is reserved for those who love God. And if you love God, you'll keep his commandments. You'll walk in his ways. Some bad things, how many people know this? Some bad things happen in our lives because we made dumb choices. John, I don't mean to do, would you just stand a second, my dear brother? Yeah, could you manage? I'll help you up. <laughs> I, I asked that question, I said, how many people have made dumb choices? You put your hand up, I put my hand up, David Vayner put his hand up. All these other people, all these students, oh, no, not me. <laughs> That's what they do. Sorry. What do you think we should do? 
to make from dumb choices? No, you made me take over. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Which of you would like, because clearly we're the people making dumb choices, and you guys are just so wonderful. Many of the issues that you face in your life were made because you made a stupid choice. And quite often, you knew it was stupid when you were about to do it. Hello? Don't look at me like that. God doesn't say that all things are good. He just says all things... God can cause all things to work together for good. All things, are not, no matter how rose-colored your glasses may be. There's nothing good about cancer. There's nothing good about the death of a child. There's nothing good about fibromyalgia. There's nothing... Listen. For God causes all things to work together for good, for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And until Jesus returns and conquers Satan once and for all, sin will continue to drag its poisonous tentacles across the world. But our God can make all things work together for good. It must be really irritating to be the devil. It must be really, really irritating. No matter what you do, God twists it around and causes good to come from it. Don't! Devil's favorite word. Don't! Him and Homer Simpson. I want to close by just reading Romans 8 again, that passage where it says, We know God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And it goes on saying these words. For God knew, God knows. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them. In fact, let me just change this from them and make it personal for you. For we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of you because you love God and you're called according to to his purpose. For God knew you in advance and he chose you to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen you, not the person next to you, just say, he's talking about you right now. Having chosen you, he called you to come to him. And having called you to come to him, he gave you right standing with himself. And having given you right standing, he gave you his glory. That's what God is working out. God's ultimate purpose for us as believers is that we may become like his son. It's not that life is all sweetness and unicorns and rainbows. Life is not like that. 
Life can be hard and life can be tough and life can be difficult and bad things happen to good people. But in it all, God's ultimate purpose is that you as a believer may become like his son. And in becoming like his son, you might have right standing with God. And having right standing with God, you may be recipients of his glory. God knows your every situation. God knows your circumstance. God is in control because God is sovereign. Everything that touches your life is moving you to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Provided you see it that way. I pray that these anchors, God is good, God is powerful, God is love, God is all-knowing, God is sovereign. I pray these anchors are firmly established in your life as you face the storms of life and they keep you secure and in peace. Amen. Ali, can you come? We're going to sing. What are we going to sing, Ali? Anchor. We're going to sing about anchors. Thank you. Heavenly Father, just as we come to the close of our gathering, as we come to worship you in this setting for the last time this morning, Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every person in this room that these might not just be theoretical things in their lives, but real, actual anchors that hold them tight in the storms of life. The Lord, no matter what's taking place, they can be safe and secure in knowledge that you are with them. You'll never leave them, and you'll never forsake them. In Jesus' name, amen.